1: This is Hardwood Handicappers, Veasan's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your
2: hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel
1: and Kelly Bidlin.
2: What's up, folks? We're back. Hardwood Handicappers is here. Yes, let's go. We are just over a month and a half away. Actually, no, like what? A month, actually, just over a month. Oh yeah, we're we're Uh, just just over a month, just over a month away from the start of the NBA season, and it's the perfect time to bring Hardwood Handicappers back into your lives. So let's give you the lowdown of what we're going to do today and going forward. Uh, division previews will be the focus of every episode going forward. We're going to have one a week. Uh, we'll try to shoot for Wednesdays. I actually had to fill in on Sharp Money on Wednesday, so that was the original thought. Uh, but I had to do this today on Thursday. So today, we're going to talk about the Pacific Division. We'll get to that momentarily. So we'll have division previews uh, every single week leading up until the start of the season. The, se- the week before the start of the regular season, we'll have to fit in two divisions. That's how close we are. So we'll mm-hmm. have two division previews for you on a single episode coming up in about five weeks from now. But it's also good because, do you know Kelly? I'm going to pull up the exact date. Hold on. Do you know what key date is coming up for the NBA? No. What key date?
0: What the start of the preseason?
2: <laughs> Participating yeah. in preseason games in Abu Dhabi to report. So well, we're well, going to start.
0: Get- you froze up. When well, start,
2: start start the answer again? Essentially, to open a training camp for teams who are playing in overseas preseason
0: games. Right. Okay. Yep.
2: So we're going to get opening of training camp for the Minnesota Timberwolves and Dallas Mavericks, as well as I think that's it actually, because the Abu Dhabi is the only one that is a priority. So yep. So okay. Dallas, Minnesota will play in Abu Dhabi. Those two teams can report for camp in about five days. How about that, huh? Let's go! I'm ready, man. I'm man. ready. Are you? How many, pre, like, how many preseason games do we have out of country this year? Uh, let's see. According to my thing here, I think we've got um the Abu Dhabi, I think there's
0: so, a few, right?
2: Yes, so you got Abu Dhabi, uh, with Dallas and Minnesota, you got the Canada series, which is Toronto and Sacramento, you've got Dallas and Real Madrid, who will play in Madrid. Uh, the Canada series continues with Oklahoma City and Detroit, and then that's about it on my schedule, and that'll happen okay. throughout the preseason. So, yep all right i like
0: it i like it we get we get some you know nba games at some some weird times a day i like it (laughs) It might be it might be early in the morning our time might be real late at night who knows i like i like we mix up the schedule a bit
2: yeah the more the more i've gotten ready for the nba season i think i told you this the other day and the more exciting i'm excited i'm kind of getting uh for this you know watching old games and like you know reading up on stuff and getting i'm like okay yeah like I'm kind of ready for this. I'm kind of ready to. I'm kind of ready to get back in the grind.
0: It's funny because it's really turned to, it's really turned into like an all year long sport, right? So like, I mean, me and you were doing so. I mean, after the NBA finals, doing so much with summer league and then talking so much. We had so many of these betting markets available earlier than ever. It felt like this year, where you know, me and you were at summer league. And it was, you know, I felt like for a week after that, we were making bets and, you know, talking about stuff like preparing for this season. And then it's like, OK. And then you go black for like two months. And while we're all pre- preparing for football season, all these other things. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's real quick, right around the corner. Ready to go.
2: Yep. So, as you said, uh, we will talk about the um Pacific Division today. I did want to note really quickly before we got into that. You know, usually we start with like some uh, headlines with uh, a lot of these episodes. Nothing really crazy uh, when we talk, of course, about. Um, excuse me, the Central Division. Uh, we will bring up Giannis and the Bucks and the uh, the ever you know expanding noise around what's going on with him. Shannon Sharp actually had a really awesome, <laughs> really awesome quote the other day. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, he's essentially he was calling out Giannis for um having his brothers take up multiple roster spots but then also publicly saying like i don't know not gonna be here we'll see what happens (laughs) the drama the nba drama is there the things you
0: have to do to court star players man you you don't think you don't think the the brothers will be following him basically everywhere he go anywhere he goes like that will happen yes that will happen
2: (laughs) pretty much Uh, All right, so with that, I did want to start with the Pacific Division, a, uh, a division near and dear to my heart, also the division that I just got done writing, so freshest in the mind as well when it comes to getting ready for the NBA season. Now, I know a lot of people are like, divisions, yes, they still exist. Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Lakers, Phoenix Suns, and Sacramento Kings all reside within the Pacific. And we start with the team that, of course, everybody wants to talk about in this division, the Phoenix Suns. Suns are going to be the story of the season. Conference favorite, uh, second choice to win the conference, at plus 350, plus 650 to win the NBA finals. These numbers courtesy of DraftKings, the division favorite, at plus 165 with a win total of 51 and a half. And if you want to bet them to make the playoffs, a paltry nine dollars you must lay to win 100 uh, to win 100. So a brief recap for those who are just joining us and want to kind of get involved and ready to go for the season. In terms of some of the offseason additions, big one, of course, is going to be Bradley Beal. Sons also bring in Eric Gordon, Yuta Wananave, Keita Bates-Diop, Chemezi Metu, Bol Bol, uh, Jordan Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd. Some of the notable losses for this team include Jock Landale, Tori Craig, Darius Baisley, Bismack Biombo, TJ Warren, and Terrence Ross. So, And no notable rookies, uh, to, to note at least. Uh, Tumani Kamara is their second-round pick. He was a 52nd overall. Not expected to play a really big role, so don't think there's any rookie of the year candidates there, but we have seen crazier things happen. So Kelly, I'll give you the floor um, just overall expectations for the Phoenix Suns Cause my expectations changed the more I wrote about Phoenix for the guide.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. I think this is, I mean, look, you picked one of the toughest divisions, if not the toughest divisions to start with, because I think every single one of these teams should have a uh, NBA title hopes or NBA, at least conference finals hopes. Um, I think they've all proven in the past you know, year or two that they can do that. So, um, Look, I think the Suns, you and I talked about them a lot, you know, post Kevin Durant trade, and it was, hey, how are you going to fill out the rest of this roster, you know, head, heading into next year? Okay, the Bradley Beal domino falls, um, it, it almost becomes more of a, more of a factor then, right? Okay, like well, you know, that, this is great, you got Bradley Beal, you have absolutely no depth now, depth was already an issue before, what are you going to do? Um, you know, I'll bring you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it again when we talk about the Lakers, but I was impressed with what they were able to do, you know, getting Eric Gordon on a real cheap contract like they did. Um, I think people, uh, probably forgot about how effective U2 Watanabe was, uh, you know, for the Brooklyn Nets early in the season last year. Um, and for a team that is going to need outside shooting that, that those two pieces are huge. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, I was fairly impressed. I'm still wondering what the future is of DeAndre Ayton with this team and if he's in for the long haul or if it still makes more sense for them at some point to flip him for some more piece, more role pieces. And I'm personally in that camp, JVT, where I think that's something they should be exploring more. I understand they're, they're restricted because of his contract and really what they could possibly do with him and how many teams are really lining up you know, to, to, to send off some quality pieces and make the financial room for him. Uh, I understand that's going to be difficult, but long way of saying you got one of the, one of, if not the best starting lineups in the league. And when we talk about getting to the playoffs, that is always where it matters the most. So can you, can you have enough depth to get through the regular season, maintain health, get into the playoffs with Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Deandre and all healthy. If Ayton's still there then yes, this is a team that absolutely should have championship expectations. Um, and I'm not involved with them, you know, with any sort of bet. Uh, yet, JVT, I think these we're just talking, we're talking win totals with a bunch of these teams today. that I expect these teams to be very, very good. but The win totals are so dang high, it's really hard to make a bet on the overall, right? Yeah. So it'd usually, usually be under a pass when you're looking at these win totals.
2: So I, I would generally agree, and you said the key phrase for me, right, which is maintain health throughout the regular season. Mm-hmm. It, some of the numbers for anybody out there, uh, Beal has only played in 55% of a possible 164 games over the last two seasons. Durant has played in just 58% of contests since he returned from his Achilles injury. Uh, Booker's actually had a sturdier history of health, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he did miss 29 games last season due to a groin injury, so just worth noting there. Um, the more I looked at this, because he, here's the thing. If you talk about what is if if I give you if I were to tell you hey you get 65 games of both Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal this team should win 55ish games like I don't think there's really any question about that they are that freaking good and that's what I meant like the more I wrote about them the more I came around to what the regular season Phoenix Suns could potentially be Mm -hmm. if they're going to be fully healthy, because those three on the floor together are going to be absolutely incredible. You're talking about when Durant and Booker were on the floor together last season, they had a plus 18.4 net rating. They averaged 124.7 points per 100 possessions. And now the key difference is swap out Chris Paul and put in Bradley Beal. Like that thing is going to be really, really freaking good as long as they're going to be available. But even if Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal aren't available, Kelly, I still think we should give Devin Booker some credit for being a largely available player. And that's why I actually do think, you know, for the win total guide recommendation recommended over 51 and a half. I I think that Devin Booker has a clean enough bill of health throughout the entirety of his career. And that this team has enough around him that if you at least tell me, that Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant, should they miss time, at least as long as they're not missing time together, right? Like that's the key. If he's got one of Bradley Beal or Kevin Durant or both of them by his side throughout a majority of the season, this is going to be a really good regular season team. And you mentioned all the pieces around him. You know, when you talk about it, um, in terms of the depth that is going to be there to take up a lot of these factors. Udo Arunabe, coming off a career best, 44.4% shooting season. Uh, we'll see if he can be effective and, and effective as a rebounder. He's shown a limited minutes. He can be. kd Diops. it was one of those guys that I watched a little bit more of in getting ready for this. He's good, man. Like, he's a really good role player. He can run in transition. He's really good at jumping passing lanes and forcing turnovers. He can tack off the bounce against other like, bigs. Like, th- there's really something there. And, and the other thing that we should factor in josh akogi was really good for them last Mm -hmm. year and he's back when he was on the floor he had a career high and efficiency rating at plus four damian lee's back as well he's an above average shooter as his position he's defensively you know at least statistically improved and i think they're actually going to be better defensively than what initially people think right okay yeah because here's the thing kevin durant's i'm going to say flat out he's a good defender like i don't think people think of him as a good defender he's a good defender So let let me preface, yeah, let me
0: real quick because because I really was it. I don't want to say it like that. There are guys on this team like Kevin Durant, like Bradley Beal, who we have seen play very, very, I mean, have played high level defense, especially Bradley Beal. If you go way back in his career, this guy kind of came into the league, he was known as as a, a very good two way player. So, like, it's one of those. You always wonder, hey, has the NBA game just kind of ruined what their defensive output is, or is it just an effort thing, right? And if yep. it is, hey, all these guys from from Jump Street are entering the season and saying, hey, we, if we're going to win any games, we got to all be better on the defensive side of the ball, then, yeah, I think this team, you know, team can be a lot better. I have concerns, though, DeAndre Ayton down low, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when he's going up against the Nicole Jokic's of the world and stuff like he's still sure. – I think that's still an issue, but – but no, so I didn't mean to cut you off. But that is, I think, the defense and the three point shooting are are still t- some of my bigger concerns for this team.
2: Yeah. So and, and I, so, I think, like, I, I would willing, I'd be willing to wager. Let's let's take a note of this on September twenty first. Right. I, I think that they finish better than fifteenth in defensive efficiency. Like, okay. I think they're going to be an above average defense. I don't know how high they're going to be, but I think they're going to be above average. So I think all of these things, you know, that I'm kind of talking about, right? Which is at least doing the right things in terms of adding to depth. If you get Devin Booker on this team, you know, with, you know, at least again, a mix of one of the two for assuming that they both miss some sort of time, whatever it's going to be. And look, there's a universe in which neither of them misses a lot of time. So there's something to factor Mm -hmm. in there. I think this team is going to be really freaking good. And I think that that leads to betting them over. Now, in terms of the postseason, that's another conversation to have once we get there, because you kind of mentioned one of the big things is they're going to play their starting five. And there is a math battle that they're going to have to overcome. They're going to have to be insanely elite from mid-range while other teams are bombing away from three and just telling them, like, look, we're going to shoot more threes and you're going to have to just be insanely elite and never miss a beat when it comes to mid-range shooting. But that's for the postseason. For the regular season, I think this team's got, like, one seed written all over them. I'm kind of in on how good they can be in the regular season.
0: Yeah, no, no, I think... I think you're uh, i think i'm pretty much right there with you uh again I, I get what your bet i, I think when it, when it comes to a lot of these teams and we start talking win totals uh it, it's just if they're going to be stayaways from me because a yep. lot of these i think it would be over uh you know it'd be it you'll like how good they are but that win total set so high it's hard to bet it over i think one other and and if i sound if i sound so you know so so dismissive of some of these teams i don't mean to it's just with all these teams we talk about in this division, they're all so damn good, JVT. I just ended up sure. I ended up writing down more like question concern marks for the team because there's so few, right? Like there's so few with all these teams. But those are like kind of my biggest the, the things I'll be looking out for the most when, when we enter the season with
2: them. Yep. So for each team as we kind of look at it. I also the, wanted to go through each what's up.
0: No, the other thing I was gonna bring up real quick, I do think the I do think the you know, between whether it's Booker, Beal, you know, however they handle that point guard situation, I, I, I think it'd be more, you know, I, I do think they should be adding maybe another veteran point guard or something like that to have, have coming off the bench. I, I, I'm wondering if that becomes a concern at any point this season as well.
2: No, I don't think so. We, we I only have a little amount of characters, right, to, to do things with. But you brought up something that I, I really wanted to track. So right now, ESPN has uh, Bradley Beal, and right. so, like on the depth chart as the point guard. I think it's Devin Booker. It's it's Booker, right? We've all it, been saying this since the trade was made. Like
0: I don't really, I, I was, I'm actually looking at the same damn same screen right now. And I thought about that while you were talking. I'm like, why are we even listing Bradley Beal as the point guard?
2: So, and, and look, and it's according to, this is cleaning the glass. So by their percentages, Booker played 91% of his minutes um, at shooting guard. The three percent of his minutes in which they play, he played point guard last year, they had a plus seventeen point four net rating. Sure. Booker has yep. has really improved as a facilitator, as a guy to initiate offense, to be at the point of attack. I think I want him as my Me lead too. guard, we're, and that's, I can't wait to watch preseason to see what they do. But like if we're talking like Devin Booker assists, right? Things to kind of track from a betting yes, perspective once you get into yeah. the year. That's a I great. Think I'm rolling with that with Devin but, Booker.
0: That's a great call. And it's one of the things I'm writing down right now. And I hope hopefully people are doing this the same as you're doing your own, uh, you know, prep in or listen or hopefully listening to this podcast um, as you, as you prepare for the NBA season of like, Hey, circle, like Devin Booker assist props to start the year is something that you might, might be able to take advantage of, uh, Well, with some good bets. I think you're, I think you're all over that one. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out though. And if they feel like they need to, to add anybody, you know, regular season's a long grind, right? Like, are you always going to be able to have, you know, one of those two guys on the court or what you're going to have Eric Gordon, maybe uh, bringing it up some of the times when he's in there, maybe that, you know, maybe that that's the case as well, but just something to look out for. Uh, And look, I mean, the other one that was kind of the late ad, right. was bull bull, but like, I I think of a team, I'm sitting here, you know, another team where if you're, if you're just going to say, okay, maybe they're not a top flight defensive team, but length is going to matter any way you could add. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where Kevin Durant, part of, part of his, part of the, part of the reason he can be a good defender is because he's so damn long. Right. Like yeah. same, same thing with Bull Bull, like whatever, at least get some length out there. It's going to bother some shots, bother some people.
2: Um, So you want, they haven't, I don't see this yet. So here's, Here's two long term bets that I think tie into the Phoenix Suns because that's what I kind of wanted to do with each team as well. Any futures you think that are worth investing in for these teams, be it awards, be it, um, you know, season long, whatever. MVP for Devin Booker, I think is legitimate. I think if you're getting him in the range of 20 to one, which is out there, that's something worth investing in. If I'm right in my assessment that he's going to be the lead guard, that he's going to have a sturdy bill of health that it's going to be him with any mix of Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant, and that they are going to be a one seed. Devin Booker is going to be in the mix for all of that. So I think a 20 to one for Devin Booker to an MVP. That is a bet that I have made and uh, we'll sit and we'll sit on with hope that he can do it. And how about this? You want a crazy long shot? This is not up yet, but if we're rolling with this, okay, if we're rolling with a thought that Booker is the lead guard, Kelly, that he is going to be available are You ready for that? What do you think yeah, I'm no, going? I, I
0: think I think you're going with most assists or something like that. Boom, boom.
2: <laughs> just throwing it out there. It's not up there yet. I'd be very interested to see what a price if it's like a it's hundred. Not even up. It's not even. Up. no, not so like I guess I,
0: the market's not even up.
2: <laughs> nah, no, so you have here. I mean, I'll have to see because I know DraftKings just recently put up. Uh, let's see. Okay, so how about this? Devin Booker for the season, assists per game over at DraftKings six point four, over minus one twenty say that one more time Devin Booker average assist for the season. So his season long number. Yeah. 6.4 over minus minus one
0: twenty. Damn. That's a good number. That's a good number. I mean, yeah, I, I like it. I think that's something I'd attack game by
2: game. He, he has ranked for anybody who's not, who doesn't know uh, he has ranked in the 92nd percentile or higher at his position in assist rate since 2017. And that's shooting guard numbers, obviously. We're we're talking about a guy who, like I think, has the potential to be the starting point guard here. Just very, just something worth an eye on at the very least. If we're not talking about league leader in assists, over six point four assists for the season for Devin Booker.
0: I, I think the one that the one that as I'm going through the the DraftKings uh, markets right now, uh, the one where I think there might be some value on them actually is the Suns for for to be the number one seed in the West price that's mm-hmm. plus three forty. I mean, the Nuggets, the Nuggets are priced at plus one fifty in this market. And, like and that's then, that boom. seems extremely aggressive.
2: And that's one of the win totals I've already bet under on the Denver Nuggets. When mm-hmm. we get to that division, I'll expand on that. But I, I would agree with that. Like if you're if if you don't want to bet them to win the division, right, at a plus one sixty five price, whatever it is, betting them to win the one seed as well is something worth it for Phoenix.
0: Yeah, and I guess the, the other thing I wrote down I was just checking my notes before we moved on from this team. I think this mm-hmm. team it probably applies to as much as anybody but there's going to be several teams in this division we have to talk about this with is this new is this new restroom right like there there is you know, i don't think right?
2: it's going to be that impactful
0: i don't think it's going to be that impactful either but they're these are what they're one of the few teams that have multiple of these guys that qualify for this star status right
2: sure but but remember the clause at the end of the the whole thing right which is uh there's exceptions for guys with injuries so, like, all you have to do is like this oh, first.
0: I think this first year of this is going to be so much like the teams testing how much they can get away with. Yep. You know what I mean? And it'll probably be refined, refined, and stuff like that. But yeah, how many times is it really going to come into play? May- it's maybe only a couple games. Like I, yep. I think it will. They will be affected, but it's probably only a few games. Just put it, throwing it out there because this but, division is chock full of teams that 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 rule could apply to. Whereas some of these divisions we talked talk about, there's going to be barely any teams yep. that have that problem.
2: All right, so we move on. Next choice on the board to win the Pacific Division. And just to recap really quickly, I think Phoenix over the win total is a viable bet. Not something I have bet, but I think they're viable. And actually, I'm not done betting win total, so uh might not say no to that one. Devin Booker to win MVP is something I have bet um as well. 20 to 1. And I do think this team is viable bet to make at uh what'd you say plus 350 to 340, win the...
0: 340 to be the one seed? Like, yep. yeah, I I don't that feels long to me.
2: Yep. I, I think that uh if I'm right in the assessment, obviously, that does correlate with what I'm talking about here for Phoenix. So worth looking at. All right. Next choice on the board to win the Pacific Division, Kelly, the Golden State Warriors. A mm. fascinating team this season. Uh plus 650. No, excuse me, plus 320 to win the division. A 650 shot to win the Western Conference, 13 to 1 to win the NBA finals, a win total of 49 and a half. All these numbers, courtesy of DraftKings, minus $5 favorite to make it to the playoffs. The off-season additions and losses. The additions, of course, Chris Paul, um, not as popular. Corey Joseph and Dario Saric, like those. Losses, Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo, and Ty Jerome uh, are not going or excuse me, are not going to be around either. Jordan Poole obviously being the biggest name there. And there are some, I would say, candidates, if you will, um, to potentially have some, I think, roles as young kids. Uh, that would include their two rookies that they do have uh, here. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to butcher this Pogemski Pogemski, I think is how you pronounce it. Sure. Uh, Yep. There you go. And then of course, (laughs) trace Jackson Davis. We'll see. I I think those are really, you're talking about like some long shots to be impactful rookies that are worth betting into from an award standpoint. So what do we make? Cause this is all about what they're going to do with Chris Paul, because, and look, here's the thing. You kind of know which media members have relationships with others and players and everything. Um, There have been a couple of media members who have been in Chris Paul's camp spewing the propaganda that he's going to be in the starting lineup. I still don't think that's going to be the case. I think especially when you analyze their bench, that's not going to be the case because they don't have a lot of scoring options off the bench, at least in terms of shot creation. So we'll see. Uh, But what do you make of Chris Paul? What is he going to be for the Golden State Warriors? Do Do you think they start him?
0: Yeah, I, I think we should. Yeah, I think we start right there because that's obviously been the hot topic of the all season. I, I, I think there's been a lot of overreaction to this because I think we saw you know, we saw the Warriors at different times, even just the last season, tinker with that starting lineup when it came to Kevon Looney, where, it, it, hey, he'd be in the starting lineup if it was, you know, a, a matchup with a team that was a little bit bigger and they needed that help. And they, t- you know, they did take him out every once in a while when they played some smaller teams. So I it really, John, I think that, that this could be, I think you could see a lot of starting opportunities from both Looney and Chris Paul. I, I think it's yes. going to be matchup dependent. Um, we heard some of these weird rumors too when the trade first went down of, you know, Chris Paul wasn't going to have any part of this coming off the bench. And there was even ideas that he was going to play for like three, four minutes and then go hit the bench. I think that's ridiculous. I think you got to have more, more of a plan in place for that. And I'm with you. I think that leads to him coming off of the bench more. Because of the, b- b- exactly what you said, because of the lack of scoring depth and really just lack of—I mean, if he's in the starting lineup, just lack of, of of point guards, right, and ball distributors too that you have coming off the bench. If you're talking about Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Draymond Green all being on the in the starting lineup together at the same time, right? Then you really you'd re- if all those guys started, you'd really have to have some complicated, I think, rotations as you go into the game, trying to make sure that one of those guys is always on the court to kind of help distribute, uh, you know, and run the offense. So um, I think that's kind of, maybe kind of a an half-assed answer, but I'm with you. I think for the most part, he comes off the bench. I think don't be surprised at all, though, if he does get some starts against some smaller teams. Uh, or if, you know, or if we, we've also seen this from Looney. feels like there are times where his game, uh, you know, is, a, is really strong and sometimes where he kind of disappears for a couple weeks. Um, so, you know, I think if that happens, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go small, uh, you know, with Draymond at the five, but, um, yeah, for, for the most part, yes, I think it will be him coming off the bench, Looney in the starting lineup.
2: Yeah. I I think that's just gotta be it. Cause, and also like when I was, when I was evaluating like the team, a couple of things stick out, right. It's first off, uh, the, if you, if you start Chris Paul again, that means no come Looney. Cause you know, whatever, that's, uh, you're not benching Draymond Green. Um, and like, I guess maybe there's, there's a reality in which you're starting Chris Paul but benching Clay Thompson. I mean, they, they, Clay Clay in the postseason was not very good. If you go over his regular season numbers, he was actually very solid for them last year. So we'll yeah. see what that dynamic is like. But I don't think that pay, uh, Clay gets the hook and, and gets thrown to the bench. So if you're going to go there, the first thing that sticks out is they're going to be small. You know, Draymond Green at the five lineups last year were very good. They had a plus six point one net rating. However, the areas in which they were very very poor. Offensive rebounding rate as a team, 20.7%, not very good. Defensive rebounding rate, they're in the 25th percentile, not very good. So they're going to get beat up on the glass. Uh, Overall rebounding rate, they were 14th last season. And so they weren't a really good rebounding team as it was. You bring in a smaller guard, you bench your loan big, that could be kind of an issue. The other thing is, Kelly, when you look at the bench, as I kind of alluded to, when you look at the guys who, if you're starting Chris Paul, would be coming off the bench. You're talking about Moses Moody, Corey Joseph, Gary Payton, II, second uh, Kavon Looney, the two rookies who amongst them are going to be your lead guard and scoring option off the bench because you're not going to have that much if that's going to be the case. Right. And that yeah. was your big issue. Now, you can start Chris Paul and stagger them. You kind of alluded to that, but I, yeah. I, I think that's kind of a waste. Uh, I, I'm I, that's why I just I keep coming back to it just makes the most logical sense to get Chris Paul off the bench, no matter what his people keep trying to put out there.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if I want to say, it, you know, it's just a waste. It's just be, it's, you're just overcomplicating things, though. Yeah. Right. Like, I, you know, I don't, I, I just think with how, with God, how, how used to their rotations guys get, like you're, you'd have to get really complicated with different, different types of lineups that you have out on the, on the floor just to have those guys out there. I think, look, this is a team I, I think I have more concerns about than, than others this year of I, like, we always, I'm always, I'm just going to call it the Tom Brady effect these days where it's just, we always assume every year that some of these star players get old. they are going to be exactly the same and play just as well. And we we never really think about that uh, until they fall off a cliff. And it's, I think it's something we just always need to keep in mind with the Golden State Warriors, that these guys are not getting any younger. The guys that they're going to rely upon to take, you know, to take them anywhere for anywhere far. And you just added Chris Paul. So it's not like you're getting any younger there. So so for me JVT it goes back to a lot of what we talked about throughout the course of the season last year and even the preseason last year of okay can these younger guys develop and actually be real you know real contributors to this team you know can Kaminga and Moody really actually get to a point where they can contribute to, to the, what this team does and we thought that was going to be a lot of them last year and it really wasn't um, mm-hmm. that's a I, that's a, a concern of mine I think Gary Pate you know, coming back, right? Can he be the guy that he was a couple years ago for this team? Or is he going to be the guy that we saw last year that really couldn't stay on the court all that much? That's a big thing, right? If he, if he can be as good as he was a couple years ago in the playoffs for him, that's a hu- that, that can be a huge piece coming off the bench. But it leaves me with more questions. I also think what we saw last year is how truly important Andrew Wiggins is to this team. Both On what he does on both sides of the court. And I think I think his defense sometimes get, gets overshadowed by what Draymond's doing out there. But you need this guy to be consistent on both sides of the ball. And we saw that, you know, late in the season from him. I thought he played really well. But I, it just especially with the aging pieces around him, I think he becomes an under-the-radar, super important part of this team if they're going to go anywhere. So, uh, you know, when we start talking bets, this is a, this is a, you know, if this I was going to – I'll cut you off to me. Yeah.
2: It's an enigma. Like I could, yeah. I I'll give, I, I have a recommendation in the guide and I can talk about that here once you're done. But for me, I'm just like, I just, there's too, there's such a big unknown with what Chris Paul is and what the role is. I just don't know what I would do.
0: Me too. I, I mean, it's far the only thing I would say would be slightly lean under on the wind total for me. The, this is one where I'd be leaning under on be a slightly over on the Suns we just talked about, but it would be, it would be a lean to the under on the wind total. I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm not I'm not going to end up being a bet for me. But I think this is another team and it, look, I'll bring this up a bunch, but they don't I don't know how much they're gonna really care about the regular season either. You're just it's so so much more important is getting these guys healthy into the playoffs. They need to be healthy going into the playoffs and ready to go. So it, it would be a lean under on the win total for me, not really looking at them in any other any other markets or you know, even awards markets.
2: Yeah, really quick, uh, for the win total, positive residual gives them the sixth hardest schedule in the league. Uh, They have six games with a rest advantage, but nine where they're at a disadvantage. They're among the nine teams with 15 back-to-backs on the schedule. Uh, They travel the 10th most miles for anybody who cares about those sort of things. And I think what's really should be in consideration when you talk about this win total, and I I do recommend under 49.5 in the guide, Curry has missed, remember, 44 games over the last two seasons. And while Green last year only missed nine, uh, he missed 36 the season prior, and he's played in less than 50 games in two of the last four seasons. So Green's availability has been all over the place over the last couple of years too. So if both Curry and Green miss some time, I, I think at this point right now with Curry, we can kind of assume that that's going to be the case, that he's going to miss some time because that's kind of been the norm of the last, what, four years or so? Yeah. Um, that this is not a team that I'd be running to go back, especially in this division where it seems to be loaded and in a Western Conference that seems to have gotten a lot better from top to bottom. So I I very much, I would recommend under 49 and a half. Again, not a bet I would make, but recommending that under would be the case. And and you're right too, in terms of futures bets to make, be it awards, um, be it to win the NBA finals, anything like that. To me, it's, I've got nothing Golden State related going into the year.
0: I was just, I was just checking up on those. I mean, just to to win the West or the NBA finals. I I just don't think they're long. The the odds are just not long enough with this team. It should be longer than what they are.
2: And Kelly, I mean, and I'll write another article about this. I wrote the article about it last year. I never go into a season with a futures bet on a team. There's no need to, you know, there's going to be ebbs and flows to the year. If Curry does miss time, they're going to slip in the standings. The number is going to rise and, or fall, excuse me. And you're going to be able to get there. So yeah, I don't, I don't have anything Warriors related at this point right now. Totally agree. All right. Let's take our break here on the other side. We have the two LA teams left to discuss, of course, in the Pacific and the Sacramento Kings, a team that a lot of people keep asking me, Kelly, why are they getting disrespected? And the more that I look at Sacramento, the more I can come up with a lot of reasons why they're getting disrespected. <laughs> at bed
1: 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
2: Is Uncanny USA? He says somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
1: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
2: All right, back here on Hardwood Handicappers, we are running through the Pacific Division. Kelly Bidlin, of course, is here as well. So. Next choice on the board to win the Pacific, the Los Angeles Lakers. Plus 330 to win the Pacific Division, uh, just ahead of the Los Angeles Clippers, who, of course, we'll get to momentarily. Big offseason for the Lakers, who are 12-1 to to win the NBA Finals. Plus 750 to win the Western Conference with a win total of 48.5. And a uh, a little bit more of a palatable price to make the playoffs at minus 380. Additions this offseason, Gabe Vincent, Jackson Hayes, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, and a late addition just a couple of weeks ago, Christian Wood joins the club as one of their centers the losses dennis schroeder german by the way world champion right dennis schroeder who, uh, who led the germans to a world cup victory why Troy did I take jr. a piece
0: of that 25 to 1 god we sat here and talked we actually did a podcast about it i yes, never did
2: yes we did uh Troy brown jr gone malik beasley gone mobamba and lonnie walker the fourth all gone jalen hood Shafino, and maxwell lewis are your rookies that are worth noting. Maxwell Lewis, of course, a Vegas kid. So just worth shouting out there. Uh, all right. So the big off season for the Lakers, you mentioned it, right? The, 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 there were two teams that were bantied about in the off season as like off season winners. Yeah. The Lakers were one of those. And I'm going to go back to summer league Kelly. And I got to talk with Yoban Buha about this team. And it was one of those where I, I like to always make this reference of like Chris Pratt in, uh, you know, Parks and Rec, where he's like, I don't know what this is. And I'm at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. It was one of those things where it's like, (laughs) I have this opinion on the Lakers, but I'm kind of too afraid to say it. And then Jovan Buha kind of echoed those same concerns. I was like, okay, cool. I'm not the only one to think this. There's a reality in which, while you kind of did a good job, there's a reality which these offseason additions don't really hit. And and what I mean by that is, like, like, let's, I think Gabe Vincent is a really good small, like, microcosm of what I'm talking about here. Yeah. Gabe Vincent, people will think of, oh, great off ball guy. Shooter can fit really well. Gabe Vincent's a career 33.7% three point shooter. He had a really good run in the postseason, but he has not been a consistent shooter from deep. Rui Hachimura, right? Again, was awesome for them, has not been a good shooter throughout his entire career and has been very inefficient. So there's a reality in which a couple of these guys who are viewed as really solid picks, and they are really solid pickups and additions. But they kind of revert back to the larger sample size form in which they are. And they're just not as impactful as you think. And I also think there's a reason why, Kelly, you know, in talking with Buha again, who works for the athletic covers of Los Angeles Lakers, there's a thought that, like, hey, look, you keep D'Angelo Russell because then by the midseason, maybe you can flip him for something. He's a tradable asset. I also kind of think if you're the Lakers, you're also retaining D'Angelo Russell because what if Gabe Vincent turns into a pumpkin? And he's more like the guy who was undrafted and, you know, had to be a part of heat culture and all that kind of stuff and doesn't really shoot the ball very well. So I'm really interested to see what these things are. And I want to poo-poo on the Lakers. There's obviously a reality in which they all work. You still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But am I being too pessimistic and thinking like, you know, some of the career numbers for these guys, there's a reality in which they don't really hit.
0: Yeah, I think you're, look, I think you're being uh, real about it. And, And look, I think because of that, uh, you know, you, you you're speaking truth about Gabe Vincent. I think there's other guys I'm going to disagree with you on. I I think that there are. I love that they were able to hold on to Russell. I think it does give them some like that's the flip side, right? D'Angelo Russell when there where he had moments where he was real ugly last year. Well, he's still a guy that's a pretty pretty dang good career three point shooter, right? And that that is so. Okay. Like you're talking about it. Gabe Vincent's maybe off. Maybe it's D'Angelo Russell. that's finally picking it up this year, right? Maybe Gabe Vincent takes a step back. D'Angelo Russell gets a little bit past a little bit better year than what we saw, um, you know, a year ago. And, you know, I don't even want to say a year ago, but he had his problems obviously over the past couple of years with the two different teams he was on. Um, and you know, like Jared Vanderbilt, right? Another guy like he kind of disappeared in the playoffs. But is it so, is it? Can he get back to being a three and D weapon for them? Yeah, I think he can. Um, I think Rui Hachimura. I saw a a guy grow up last year, and I think grow up big. Time. And I, I think a lot of these guys, and Austin Reeves will even kind of say this about too. Look, I think a lot of it has to do with your playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And, but it, regardless of how you grow, you grow. And Rui Achimura looked like a completely different player when he was on the Lakers than what what we had seen with him throughout his entire career. Um, do I th- you know do I think he's going to be exactly how good he was last year? Maybe he takes a little bit of a step back, but I do think he's a true player for them. I think Austin Reeves, I know there's there's probably too much hype for Austin Reeves right but he's a very solid player who I think is going to continue uh you know to be one of the better players for this team and all these guys we're talking about need to be able to be good when LeBron and AD are, are on the court. But although they're off the court, there's much more of a responsibility that, that falls on these guys. And especially, I think that's where someone like D'Angelo Russell does come in big having him back, where we know he we know he can score. You know, he, he's a guy who can score. And if those guys are off the court, he might be taking a lot of shots and it might not be very efficient, but at least he can provide some scoring where I think you'd have some question marks of, hey, okay, let's let's play out a very plausible scenario this season. Anthony Davis has banged up his ankle and is out for three weeks, right? right? LeBron, LeBron's playing. He's off the court. Who's really making up for that scoring scoring. I think that's a major question they have heading into the year, but man, JVT, I'm high on this team. You know, I was high on them last year Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. This is a team that I think they only added pieces and I understand why you have questions about some of them. Uh, You know, I think I'll even throw out, like, I liked the addition of Cam Reddish, right? Like, like sure. who cares? Like, we all think he, he's a bust and completely burned at this point, but who cares? You add another y- younger guy who maybe he can have the same kind of career resurrection. I don't even want to say resurrection like Rui Hachimura did, but at least he's able to find a footing with a franchise in the Lakers next to a LeBron James and play a little bit better basketball. I just think this team, this team as currently constructed, is the best chance LeBron James uh, has had from winning a title since he won a title with the Lakers in the bubble, right? I think this team you could argue was even better than that team. is.
2: Yeah. I, I think yeah, they're very different. That's for sure. Right. Because they're not going with that. Cause that was one of the things that Buha brought up, which is, you know, obviously that title team had Marcus all starting at center and white Howard playing. And then they would have Anthony Davis at the four. They would just destroy teams on the glass and that's how they would, right. they would win games. And I do wonder like, my questions here are more about like, I think this team is obviously with Anthony Davis and LeBron James are going to be very competitive, but when you're a team that last year saw you looked around and you went, okay, well, in the Western conference finals, when we lost to the Denver nuggets, they made 21 more three point shots and we took 38 less. Like we were at a very big disadvantage when it came to our shooting. Right. So let's go and change that. Let's add, let's add shooters, but let's add guys who had career marks that weren't really good and i just wonder if they're just going to end up being the same team from last year which by the way post trade line they were good like they were really good my my question's more come in concerned with big picture wise like rated the way they are to win the nba finals to win the western conference i think from a regular season standpoint they're going to be perfectly fine they're a good constructed team for a regular season i, I think my question's probably pop up more when it comes to winning a uh, a uh, nba finals and in a western conference that has such high end offensive talent in it that I think that's kind of the concern because because then if the shooting does start to be con- inconsistent, Kelly, well, then you see the same thing over and over again, which is just, no, we're going to muck up the paint and we're going to force, we're going to make Gabe Vincent and D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves prove that they can beat us from beyond the arc. Sure. And look, guys like Torian Prince could be a really good addition. Like Prince sure, is really yeah. good and he's going to be awesome. That's really going to help. Those are all of my concerns with the Los Angeles Lakers. And then you hit it too, because we're kind of focusing on this from a regular season standpoint. Which is, if you talk about LeBron and what has happened so far throughout his last few last few years, he's missed 51 games combined the last two seasons. Davis has missed 68 over the same span. I think we can assume both of these guys are going to miss time. So it's the same question you ask about Golden State that we ask here about the Los Angeles Lakers. If LeBron and AD miss time. What does this team look like? And can you trust that team to then go win 49 plus games? Cause that's what their win total is.
0: Yeah, no, no, it would still be, it would still be a, a lean on the under to me. It's not a bet I'm going to make, but same thing as the Warriors, right? Right. Just yeah. like you brought up. I think those questions are, are going to exist, especially with a, you know, with a bit older team, I, you know, just like I said about some of the older, you know, elder pieces on, on the, on the Warriors, same thing applies here to LeBron. I mean, it is, we seem to think he's going to be the same looking guy. Year in and year out, I don't know. I don't expect him to take a huge step back this year, but you just you just never know with this stuff. And you know, I was high, high on the Lakers all throughout the postseason, really after that after that trade deadline. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll keep saying the same damn thing every year. It, it's Anthony Davis has a, has had the chance throughout his entire career to be one of, if not the best players in the NBA. If he can actually stay healthy and produce at a level that we've seen him do before and it can do that throughout the entirety of a playoffs this team is a true title contender but does it a lot of it hang on that yes a lot of it hangs on. That.
2: yep so as far as futures are concerned i agree with you uh in the in the guide it's a recommendation to the under just given that and and should note too again going over some of the schedule specifics, uh pacifics specifics, specifics <laughs> um uh Los Angeles fourth highest strength of schedule according to positive residual a negative net rest advantage so again more games in which they are at a disadvantage than an advantage and they are among the teams nine of them uh, to be exact with the most back-to-backs on the schedule so all of those things coming together I think with the uh, assumed time of LeBron James and Anthony Davis would be toward the under for the win total one of the things we were talking about off the air which is I was going to bring up it is not a bet that I would make but they do have Uh, They have multiple award candidates. Uh, Obviously, if you were to tell me that Anthony Davis is going to give you 68 to 70 games, he's going to be a defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, I would also say that Austin Reeves, and the market uh, agrees with this, Austin Reeves is a most improved player of the year candidate. He is 14 to 1 to win the award, so that is something worth monitoring as well. I think those are probably your top two awards candidates if you're going to invest in something with the Lakers, unless you can think of something else.
0: Oh man. All right. So, because you know, you know I love my my most improved market. I've already got two bets in it. The okay. Austin Reeves one is absolutely I think this is one of those where we talk about the media right and what kind of influence they have. And Austin Reeves, whether it was all throughout the end of last regular season the Mm -hmm. playoffs they love them the FIBA World Cup right like people love this guy um and at 14 to 1 in this market I would normally say "Ah, I think I'd want a little bit longer I it might end up it might end up being a bet for me JVT um and I don't mind anybody who does the only problem is I already got two bets in this market so I think I'm probably leaving it
2: alone (laughs) Again, and just to throw that out there, a mid-range shot, if you will, um, if this team were to overcome multiple missed games of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which is likely to happen, and you know this team still ends up finishing top three, uh, Darvin Ham is twenty-two to one to win Coach of the Year, so that is worth throwing out there. Uh, if you're if you're somebody who thinks that over 49 and a half is something that's yep. plausible, even if these guys are going to miss games I'd be I that. would yeah I would that would correlate to Ham being in contention for that and I would sprinkle a little bit on, on Ham to win coach of the year as well if you're somebody out there that's going to bet over 49 I, and
0: a half. I, I think that's a great call that's a great yeah. call I, if, if yeah if you're someone over there betting over the wind total but it's really only if you're that if you're betting over the wind total sprinkle something on him coach of the year
2: all right, Los Angeles Clippers, the uh, fourth choice to win the division, plus 550, win total of 46.5. Uh, the playoff odds there, yes, minus 250. I am fascinated uh, by the Los Angeles Clippers. As you know, I am a Clippers fan, and I will say this. So I always like to talk about buying low, right, Kelly? Yeah. If there was a year to buy low, this is the year. Because – and here's the thing. I brought this up. We, I was actually on Matt Moore's podcast, uh, who was with us over at Action Network. Yeah. And we, we talked about this uh, when it came to the Clippers this year. What You tell me, what's the big difference between the Clippers this year and last year? Because I you, you go through the additions and the losses. Barely there's more, Nope. There, there's one addition and there's one loss. The addition is K.J. Martin, a uh, young forward from Houston, who I actually really like. The loss is Eric Gordon. So, largely the same team. The same team that, by the way, last year, Kelly – was about 750 to win the nba finals right was one of the short shots to win the nba finals had a win total over 50 the difference is is minimal there's no difference at all the only difference is the market has decided to, to give up and you can't blame them right the market has decided you know what we're washing our hands of this this has been from a availability standpoint hard to put your finger on Kawhi leonard is constantly getting hurt especially when it comes to playoff time Paul George, if you actually look at Paul George's injury history, it's been more bad luck than anything, like right. going up for a rebound at the end of the year and having Lou Dort's massive body to like, <laughs> hyperextend <laughs> his knee. Yeah, like, right, that's yeah. just terrible luck for Paul George. So what I mean by all of this is you're finally getting this. I think I had this note in the write-up. This is the lowest win total of the Kawhi Leonard-Paul George era, and yet this is the team that had a 51-and-a-half win total last year. are you're, you're buying as low as you can on this Kawhi Leonard-Paul George experiment.
0: What's the, what, what's the win set at? I mean, I've got 46 and there. a half, 46 and a
2: half. Okay. Minus you just, 50 to make the playoffs.
0: You just laid out the, everything. The case you just laid out is almost good enough just to, to make a case to bet the over on the win total because of, because of what a five game difference from what it was last year. Um, But like you said, with the market is my attitude with this team, JVT. And this I don't is where, blame anybody. This is this is where I was going to let this one throw it way more to the Clippers fan now. Cause I want, I'm way more interested to hear what you have to say, but I don't really trust. I look, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. They're amazing. They're awesome. When they're on the court, we all know that. um But you know, when they're not on the court and you look at what this team did last year, like there's some defensive numbers that are concerning, I think with this team from a year ago. And I know you've had ideas from you, you know, from what this backcourt should look like, but I don't really know what they're doing. I, I don't, I still don't really, I, I I don't know if Russell Westbrook really helps things with, with, if you're going to have both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you know, out there on the court together. I, I don't really know if I think that makes a whole ton of sense. I know you're a big Terrence man guy. You know, you've got the, the bones Highland, you know, he really is. Can he be anything for this team? Norman Powell, we love, and we'll bring up him him. with some rewards markets here in a sec, but uh, JVT, I've got I've got no feel for this team besides the same feel that I've had for this team for the past three years, where at just some point during the season, they they, they hit a point where you no longer can consider them uh, for bets or or especially long term futures.
2: Yep, this is it all comes down to the same thing. I'll I'll ask you this and I, I, I'm 99.9% sure I know what your answer is. Kelly, I guarantee you that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to play seventy games and fully healthy for the postseason. We don't know what the result is, but I can guarantee you those two things. What are you doing with them at eighteen to one and forty six and a half on a win total? Uh,
0: wait, 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 wait! You just said the postseason. <laughs> that no, the, I, I
2: said, that, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I said, I guarantee you they're going to play seventy regular season games and be fully oh, healthy for the postseason. Yes, and okay. they're going to be fully healthy for the for the postseason. Yeah, what the are you doing? Are- with-
0: they're bets on the over and it's a best yep. win, bet to win the championship. So, and, I mean, that's,
2: yes. So that's, that's always the thing with this team. And that's the thing that you can't like, I, I think realistically, you can't really let go of because there is a reality in which Paul George doesn't suffer these ridiculous injuries sure. and that Kawhi Leonard is healthy. They are saying the right things too. Ty Tyloo and the, the president for this team has come out in the offseason and says, no, like the regular season is going to matter. We are going to try to win as many games as possible, you know, whatever that means. Um, And I just, you keep going back to a couple of things, right? You know, for example, and this is when I wrote about the in in the guide. Leonard and George on the floor together. Clippers outscored opponents by 8.3 points every 100 possessions. Offensive rating, 120.3. 144.3 offensive rating in transition. uh, Opponents, uh, 112 points per 100 possessions in terms of their defensive rating. It's not a surprise, any of this. It's just whether or not they're going to be available. So when you're betting on either over or under for the Clippers this year, you're literally just saying, over, I think they're going to be available. Under, I don't think they're going to be available. And I sure. don't fault anybody for wanting to go under. But I think the problem just goes back to what I opened up this conversation with. You are absolutely – you are selling at the bottom of the market now because the, the, the market has given up. The same team that the market said – and by the way, I got it wrong. The same team that had a win total of 52.5, not 51 and a, half, 52 and a half last year and was 7-1 to one to win the NBA finals, that exact same team now – has a win total six wins lower and is 18 to one to win the NBA finals only because the market has said that no, we don't think they're going to be available, but there's a reality in which they are. And, and that's the only thing that is the case you make for betting the Clippers in positive senses to go over to win the finals because that same team, the market loved just a year ago is back. Except yeah. now the market is deflated.
0: Yeah. I think that this is actually, I think this is kind of simple. And I want to go back to one of the things you said at the beginning of the pod, because this is, you know, for as much NBA betting advice as we can impart on people, I think that you said the smartest thing at the beginning of the pod is that there are not many futures bets that you really need to or maybe should be making preseason because you're going to get better opportunities in season. Okay, let's talk about the Clippers with, with that. If you, like you just laid out, if you think you've always really liked this team and you're going to bet against, hey, okay, these guys cannot possibly be injured as much as they have been the past couple of years. You've got a ton of value. Season, i'll bet that over on the win total go ahead and do it still wouldn't bet anything to win the western Con- win the western conference the nba finals i guarantee you're going to be able to find a better price in season right if yep. on the flip side like you said you're you would be selling at a low point to play to play under the win total right now but go that's what going into the season these guys aren't going to be hurt so let the clippers get off to a, maybe a good start and then you can come in with an under then if you're in the other camp which it seems to be only two camps when it comes to the Clippers, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're like, they can't all possibly be as injured as much as they are, or these two are always injured. I can't possibly bet for or on them in anything. So, you know, if you're in that camp, listen to what JVT is talking about. Listen to how much further down the win total is a year ago, but that's where you can take advantage of in-season betting and in-season futures. Let's see if they get off to a hot start. Maybe you come in with an under-bet then.
2: Yep. So the win total recommendation for the guide is going to be over 46 and a half as we're kind of discussing, right? The the whole premise being that you're kind of, you know, you're buying low on this team. And also to discuss their schedule really quickly, because a lot of the main talking points people were sticking to was like, hey, most back-to-backs, you know, uh, 25, three and four night situations for this Los Angeles Clippers team. There's also a very important thing about this schedule that was not there for them last year. Kelly, did you know that the Clippers last year, Played the most games prior to the all star break. They played 61 of their 82 games before the all star break. This year, that's only 53. So, just, just incredible, right? So, like, so, so their schedule is going to be actually a lot lighter at the beginning portion of the year. So, that might help them out, right? In terms of the density of their schedule, now, that means the back end is going to be more dense, but you would hope that maybe that means you've, you know, gotten your bodies hard and ready to go. And, you know, yeah. now you're ready for the back end of the postseason. And, and we'll see if that's going to be the case. So, again, from a future standpoint, in terms of betting on this year, I think the only recommendation really is to bet this thing over. Um, I, I will I will say this. I do think if you're talking about 20-1 to 1 to win the NBA finals, as we discussed, there is theoretical value in that number, but that's only if these guys are going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. But you can also, to your point, sit back and wait. And if they're going to be healthy and good, you'll be able to snatch up 15. You'll be able to snatch up 14 with, again, 18. That was 7-1 to 1 to win the finals just last year. So no big rush there. And as far as other futures are concerned, right, six man of the year, Powell's always going to be up there. But I got a sense last year near the end that even if he was going to stay healthy, we weren't really going to win that thing. Um, at least there were some voters that were pretty vocal and not liking Powell a lot as six man. So we'll see if that's actually gonna be the case. I think they were wrong. Yeah, um, right. yeah. And outside of that, MVP, I mean, I think I could theoretically make to you a long shot case for Paul George, but I don't want to. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I, I think I'll put it this way. Of the two, I think Kawhi Leonard is, or excuse me, uh, Paul George is the more viable MVP candidate than Kawhi Leonard. If you were actually going to bet an MVP candidate on this team, but it's not one that is worth making at this point. And outside of that, I don't think there's much in terms of futures awards or anything like that to make. I will go back
0: to Norman Powell. Cause I think I mean I love Norman Powell. I, I love him so much as a player. and I think he's extremely valuable. I don't really know how he's been on what three different teams now already. Um, I, I think what's interesting with the six-man-of-the-year market is, and this this changes and develops every, every year, but if you're actually looking on bets to make preseason, you need to start crossing off names on the list that are, you don't fully know what their role is yet, right? We know what Norman Powell's role is, right? It, it, so at 10-1, to one, it, yes, he's third on the board. Behind Emmanuel quickly and Malcolm Brogdon, which yes, we kind of know what the those are going to be as well. And um, maybe maybe Brogdon, we know more than Emmanuel quickly actually, with how he's going to fit in with that Knicks team. But we know Norman Powell is going to be coming off the bench. We you know that much. So there's a lot of these guys on this list that you don't really know how how their their roles are going to develop with the team as the season goes on. Norman Powell. It, barring any injuries you know exactly what his role is going to be and even 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 with the injuries he's still probably going to have enough games played off of the bench he's actually one of the on one of the best teams for this award because if any of these guys do miss time he can slide in the starting lineup get some more minutes pad some more stats and then go out go to coming off the bench i still really like him as a possibility to win this award i just think when we're talking these preseason odds 10 to 1 is just a little a little too short for me but again these will be posted all year, all yep. year long. This is something you could maybe wait, wait to take advantage of it a little later time. You know, let's say, you know, go back to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard you know, does something with the knee. He's going to be out a month. Boom. That's a bet for me. Then. You, know, you know, hop on Norman Powell. He's going to get some starting time, but we know he's going to be back on the bench. You're not going to, you know, lose the bet because of qual- qualified games played or anything like that. I, all I'm saying is I'll be keeping my eye on Norman Powell, the six man. We bet him last year. I think we had 30 to one or something on him mm-hmm. last year. Um, so I think it's a little tough for us looking at 10 to one, even just that's how betters minds work, but he's still a guy. I'll be having my, uh, I'll be having my eye on close
2: in this market. And it should also note to the elephant in the room. Uh, Russell Westbrook last year, 15.8 points, 4.9 rebounds, 7.6 assists in 21 games with the team. He actually shot 48.9% from the floor. He was capital A awesome in the the series loss to the Phoenix Suns. He was absolutely tremendous. Uh, He was a reason why, by the way, in that series, they actually ended up with, uh, if you bet him every game ATS, I think you're either 4-1 or 3-2, so he's very good in that series. Um, There is obviously a reality in which he regresses efficiency-wise to old Russell Westbrook. I think he's a good fit for them. I, I think that kind of showed last year, but the the numbers while they were positive, they weren't overtly positive with Russ, Kawhi, and uh, PG on the floor together. But they also didn't play a lot together, so well, it's going to be maybe, something to monitor.
0: Maybe we can just get a Western Conference Finals with uh, you know like uh, them and the Suns, and we just get rid of like the three point oh. line. You know, it just it destroys the three point line, and then it becomes a lot more interesting.
2: I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I, I don't want I, I can't do it. I can't get basketball fired up. I just. I would love, you know me, you know how much I would love and hate. I would have to watch every game in a closet by myself with a TV, but a Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals or just a playoff series in general. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I would love it. Oh, I would absolutely love it. Uh, all right, so with that, we move on. Last team of the Pacific Division that we're previewing today.
0: You
2: hate? Uh, sure. Yeah, you could say that. The Sacramento <laughs> Kings. Um, you're a hater. Uh, okay, so 25 to one to win the Western Conference, 55 to one to win the NBA Finals, the long shot to win the division at nine to one. Win total of 43 and a half. And to make the playoffs, yes, minus 185 uh, additions for the team this offseason. Chris Duarte is the big name. JaVale McGee is the literal big name. Uh Sasha Vexenkov, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, and then Chemezi Metu was one of the losses. A Couple of second round picks also on this team, Colby Jones and Jalen Lawson. Don't think they're going to be very impactful because this is a team that pretty much already knows its identity as they return pretty much everyone. So Kelly. Uh, Before I start hating on the Sacramento Kings, I will ask you, am I wrong in thinking this? What have you seen from Sacramento? What have you made of them as we head into the year in terms of being a candidate to regress or continue to be what they were a season ago?
0: I think this is a fascinating team uh, betting-wise this season because I think that there is – look, we know they were one of the more high-powered offenses in the league last year during the regular season. We know the defensive struggles that they had all season long. This is a team that I think what you saw out of them last year – are they going to have the, the, the success in the regular season they had a year ago? Probably they take a slight step back, but I don't really know JVT that we shouldn't expect seeing a close to similar win count when it comes to them in the regular season. It's just the problem is with this team is I don't trust them at all once they get in the playoffs. You get in the playoffs and you're playing some big boy teams, why are you know more established stars that know what they're, you know, know what they're doing in every different situation that they're put in? Um, I I just think what we saw with that, what happened to them in the playoffs a year ago, I I think it's going to take a little while and maybe another big, you know, bigger name addition to this team and another veteran star before you can really get excited about them going far in the playoffs, but you know, regular season, we just talked about a whole bunch of teams that we have age concerns with health concerns with, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I know that De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, you know, Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, almost all of them are going to be out there playing a bunch of games in the regular season. And that that's where I kind of go down to get down to where I think that offense in the regular season and we know that defense really steps up in the postseason. For most NBA teams, I'm not talking about Sacramento Kings specifically, I'm just making a generalization. Although they
2: did, they did play better defensively against Golden State. Like they were actually pretty solid. They were well,
0: That's good. my point, though. Every NBA team, right, seemingly plays better defense once you get into the postseason. Regular season, it's a little bit more lax today. That's where I think the po- power of this offense is still going to be over to just be able to overpower so many teams during the regular season. That I don't really know if I'm going to expect a huge set- setback with as far as the number of regular season wins they had. I just don't trust them once they get into the playoffs. And I think, like I talked about with, like, the Warriors bench, there's a lot of development questions here too, right? How, you know, how much of a leap can a Davion Mitchell make? Can a Keegan Murray make, right? Are these guys that we're going to see take a really, really big step forward, which I think they need to for this team to really be, con- you know, considered any type of contender?
2: I'm willing to – I can't wait. I hope you can play this back, and, and I sound like a fool because it's good content. <laughs> The Sacramento Kings are regression candidate number one on my list this year. And I actually think it's not out of the realm of possibility to play them to miss the playoffs. So okay. one of the things that really sticks, there's two things. There's, I'm going to build this case on two key pillars. You mentioned one already that I will kind of fight back on, which it's just because it generally doesn't happen. How about this stat, Kelly? I thought I, mean, I don't know if you want to call this a stat. This is just a rid- ridiculous little thing. They lost the fewest games to injury last season. And in fact, their top eight players in terms of minutes played and uh, and appeared in at least 73 games last year. Think about that. Their top top eight guys in terms of minutes all played at least 73 games. That's insanity to have that much continuity from an injury standpoint. Just doesn't generally happen. So in terms of just overall health, I would assume you're probably taking, even if it's a minor step back, you're taking a step back in terms of health of your best players. So that's number one. Number two, and this is where I'm building this a little bit stronger on, one of the things that we always like to do, right, is those one-score games and how they came across and all that kind of stuff. In the NBA, it's not so much one-score games. How do you do in clutch games, right, games that were within five points with fire for a few minutes left to go. The Kings had four, let me double-check this, 44 games in which they have entered clutch minutes. They were 25 and 19 in those games in terms of overall field goal percentage and clutch time. They led the league at 50.7%. And even De'Aaron Fox won that, uh, was it the Jerry West trophy yeah, or whatever? Which yeah. uh, what you can bet on this year. Yeah, you can now. Um, <laughs> but like, so in two instances, right? The two key factors generally that tend to be pretty wild in terms of health and availability and clutch minutes They came out on top. They were best in the league, essentially, in both of those categories. Those are not something that you can replicate as a team, I think, and especially when you're talking about a league overall that has gotten better. And I'm talking more about the clutch minutes thing. So if I'm rolling with that, and I'm rolling with the fact that this was one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA right in the regular season, I think there are so many different things you can look at for Sacramento to point to and go – I don't think that's going to happen again. I don't think that's going to happen again. And I do think that defense is going to happen again. And if that does, now all of a sudden you're talking about a realistic step back to the point where at the very least, Kelly, 43 and a half does make sense from a win total standpoint. You know, conference wise, 25 to one to win the conference, I think makes a ton of sense. Like in that, a lot of people look at this and go, what's the deal? They were great last year. Yes, they were. They were also very fortunate and came out a lot in situations that tend to regress back to the mean the next season. And I think that's why that the Kings are a very viable candidate to be on the fringes of playoff contention this year as opposed to top three seed again.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, look, the injury thing is undeniable. I think if, any, if anybody crazy, is, yeah, like, that's wild. And does it help with, I mean, the only, the only thing I'll add on is, that, does it help that you are, yes, a younger team and you don't have some of these guys that have been dealing with injury problems throughout their career? Yes, that helps. Of course, that helps. even even when we think about, Because even those numbers you're listing, it takes into account games that, you know, I'll use a Kawhi, (laughs) I don't mean to be hating on Kawhi, but I'll use Kawhi as an example where, you know, he takes a night off to rest, right? Where it's, that's still being listed, you know, as an injury game, right? Because it's a knee, resting an injured knee or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You just don't have a lot of those guys on this team that need to take days like those. So if they're going to miss any games, they're really missing games because they're truly injured. So Yes. Were they lucky on the injury side of things? Absolutely. And I think, and you're right, it's going to be hard to run to uh, run that pure and that lucky again another year. Um, the clutch stuff I think is interesting. I, I do think that's interesting because, what did you say, 25 and 19? Like, I don't think that's an absurd record.
2: No, Uh, but the the but shooting over fifty percent in clutch time is, and that's what it is. Yeah, okay. Yes, that 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 is.
0: I can't really argue. I was gonna say I do think I do think Deer and Fox has kind of shown he has a knack, you know, for those moments. But yes, over fifty percent from the field. I can't really sit here and argue that. That's that's crazy. That that's gonna happen again next season. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. Like the twenty five and nineteen is not as impactful. Uh, but yeah, the, the over 50%, <laughs> I was like, holy. And he, and, and that was, yes, a great
0: like, it was a great little clap back yeah. from you, yes. 50.7%, I mean,
2: yeah. but still, like that's that's pretty nuts.
0: Actually, let me build on that further. I'm shocked that their record was only that then if I know they're shooting over 50% from the field good in good those games. It's yeah. incredible.
2: It's a really good point. So I'd also like to point out, too, from their and, and this ties into everything as well in terms of playing them under a win total because that is the recommendation for me in the guide. Um, strength of schedule-wise, if you look at it, the hardest or the third hardest strength of schedule from positive residual second most rest advantages, but they have the second most rest disadvantages as well. They're among the nine teams with 15 back to backs on the schedule. They got to travel the fifth most miles and a little quirk, too, because we have these, you know, these adjusted wind totals as the season goes along. Yeah. For anybody who's maybe pro Sacramento who thinks they can overcome these things, nine of their first 14 games are on the road. So you might want to oh, wait. That's,
0: that's interesting. Yeah. Great tidbit there. Well, how
2: about this? It gets even better. So nine of their first 14 games are on the road. Starting on November 28th, they play 10 of their next 11 at home. So that's going to be an instance where if you do want to bet Sacramento over the win total, I would recommend wait to see what happens in those 14 games and then come in before that home stretch where they play 10 of 11 at home because that's going to be one where if you believe and if you're right, they should be able to rip off some really solid wins in that stretch where they have 10 of 11 in Sacramento. I
0: think that's a great note, and that's uh, it's another one I'm going to be noting right here because I think that it is – Look, they are a team. They're one of the first teams. that we, I we were probably sitting down there at Summer League, I think, when these win totals got released, where they were one of the first teams I wanted to check on, right? Because you know, you knew that their win total was not going to be close to how many wins they actually had last year. You know you had to drop them down uh, a good amount, but I wanted to see how far the books were going to drop them down because I thought there was still going to be some value to the over. I think where the number's at right now, I have no interest in betting it one way or the other, but everything you just laid out, like that can be, That's a great example of how you can come in and get a bet at at a number that you were maybe looking for preseason was not available. So maybe that is something where I do jump in uh, on the over and I'll be interested to see. I I think same thing applies where you could consider that, you know, you know, this also also involves them playing poorly you know mm-hmm. and, and losing a bunch of those games but you know you can come over you know bet the over on an adjusted win total or whatever adjusted their yes no playoff prices right yep. you said minus 185 i think yes to make the playoffs yep off the bat like that's not one i'm rushing to bet right now but okay they stumble out of the block out of the blocks a bit and that gets down to minus 120 or something yeah i'm probably am betting them to make the playoffs like this is i i understand what you're saying with some of these other teams but I, they're still in a they're still up there in that group of I'd be a bit surprised if they listen.
2: I wouldn't they stink no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding I'm just kidding <laughs> I just think they're a regression candidate as uh as uh, there are teams out there that always are so uh with that wrapping it up on Sacramento really quickly I don't know about you I, I think that the the only viable candidate here is Malik Monk to win six man of the year from like an award standpoint on Sacramento you, you can go back with clutch player for De'Aaron Fox but again clutch numbers are really hard I, to replicate yeah like that that's going to be an award that is going to He's so freaking random. Can can
0: we just real quick, like, this is kind of off topic, but the I don't really know that I have any desire in some of these new markets that they did post, and these are all the rest. uh, So all NBA team, clutch player award, all rookie team, and all defensive team, I just don't really know that those are markets. I'm interested in betting at all because, A, the clutch player thing, like, that's... Like, kind of like what you talked about with the Kings, like that's going to be so up in the air. I just, you'd be looking at long shots or nothing. I think in that, um, you know, and then when you're talking about like all NBA and all defensive team, I don't think you could bet this stuff now. Cause of course there's guys that you want to bet, but it just depends so much on health. You know what I mean? Like these guys have to run so pure on health throughout uh, the season that I think they're kind of tough to bet.
2: They are. And I'll, I'll say this too. I, I'll have to double check. Did they go positionless? For the uh, voting the, now,
0: yes, I believe okay. so.
2: Because I was going to say, because that's like the that's the odd mix too. Is like you know when you're betting it, like do you bet Joel Embiid at plus one twenty? Because then of course he can't get on if Nikola Jokic is there and whatnot. But I, I, I would have to dive into it a little bit more. I, I feel yeah, like for no, some that's guys. a good
0: question. I'm pretty sure they went positionless, and yes, the odds. I mean, the odds would kind of indicate that because you have pull yeah. Jokic at minus one forty and a to at plus one twenty. You know what I mean? with <laughs> the all NBA team. So yeah, I mean like yeah, yeah. Double check that because if they are sticking with positions, you you're not betting either one of those.
2: Yep, and, and and for anybody who's thinking about it, doing it, remember there are multiple like all NBA teams. This is specifically all NBA first team. Right, so correct. if you're wondering yes, yeah, like how come call. I didn't win, that's why. Good
0: call. The, what, what, one thing. I'll get back to that. Malik Monk. Uh, look, I had written yeah, down. He is, by the way,
2: he's fifteen to one to win the award over at DraftKings for anybody. Who yeah. Won.
0: Yeah, when we were kind of prepping for this, I mean, that's something I wrote down as, as possibly being interested in. And it is. I think I don't think it would be a bad bet. But the more, more I think about it as we've just run through every team, I'd still be more interested in Norman Powell at 10-1 than him at 15-1. to
2: Yeah, he was pretty good. But yeah, I think I'd agree with that assessment. All right, with that, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, good first episode, getting the feet wet as we're getting ready for the NBA season, which is right around the corner, just over a month away from getting started. So again, to reiterate, Uh, We'll have these episodes once a week leading up to the regular season. And then we'll, we'll talk about the, you know, the expansion of it I've had conversations behind the scenes uh, with some of the folks that there is uh, maybe a cry from the corporate overlords uh, that they want more NBA content. So that might be a ramp up of uh, hardwood handicappers, uh, but we'll cross that bridge when it gets to it for now, you'll be looking out for this one once a week.
0: Before we wrap this up, just a review for everybody, any bets in this division that you've made
2: uh, yes. So, all right. That's a, that's a very good thing to do here. Uh, yes, <laughs> so I don't think
0: we actually said that for me, yeah, we, I've got, I've got nothing that I've made. Everything that I just talked about is just stuff I would lean to lean to in these, in this division.
2: Um, let's see. Okay. So well, and, I just
0: think JVT picked like the most talented and toughest division for us to talk about first. So I promise I'll have more to say yeah. on some of these other ones.
2: <laughs> so, um, a Devin Booker to win MVP is a bet that I have made at uh, 20 to one. Okay. Um, phoenix suns over 51 and a half is not a bet i have made yet but i will make that bet i know okay. i kind of t- you know in, in writing about it and talking about it a little bit more uh, i'll be over 51 and a half for the phoenix suns nothing for the golden state warriors nothing for the los angeles lakers under for the sacramento kings on 44 and a half wins and finally because i think it makes sense and i'm also a fan Eighteen to one on the Los Angeles Clippers to win the NBA Finals, baby.
0: There you go. All right.
2: (laughs) It's gonna get home one of these days. It's gonna get home one of these days. Tell you that. Tell you that. And
0: and, and hey, if these guys actually go through a season without getting freaking injured, you you can actually, of everything we just said on this pod, you could be like, "Hey, I got the best number. I got the best number. It was available all season."
2: That's right. Uh, All right, and nothing for you, right?
0: Yeah. N- nothing for me in this division. Nope. All right.
2: Cool. All right. Yeah. So we'll have these once a week again, as we get ready for the divisions and excuse me for the NBA season and look out for them on Wednesdays today, we had to do Thursday because uh, I had to fill in on sharp money as I've had to do pretty frequently, but that'll be uh, up. So next Wednesday with that for Kelly, like rate review, subscribe, hardwood handicap, versus returns. So we're glad to be in your life. And a reminder to check out the website for everything we have to offer, including john von model the journal that has been a sweet i think this is the most read journal i was going to make that joke that's an inappropriate joke uh it's it's a great it's a great journal though make sure you check that out uh up at vson.com along with all the other stuff and we will talk to you next week here on hardwood handicappers